So hello, my name is Sylvia. And I'm Kelly. And today we're going to be discussing cupping therapy, which is an alternative therapeutic technique. And we're defining alternative medicine as a term that describes medical treatment used instead of traditional mainstream therapy. It can also be referred to as integrative or complementary medicine. As I mentioned, um, cupping therapy is an alternative therapeutic technique that has roots in Chinese and Middle Eastern practice. It dates back all the way to 3000 BC. There are basically two techniques of cupping used. Those are dry cupping and wet cupping. So dry cupping technique uses medical grade cups made of glass, silicone, or rubber to create suction of the skin. The suction may be created using either heat or a mechanical pump. The air inside the cup is heated with an open flame and then the cup is placed against the skin. Once the air cools, it lowers the air pressure inside of the cup and creates a vacuum and it draws the skin upwards and causes a reddening as the blood vessels expands inside the cup. Um, suction can also be created using a mechanical suction pump. A single cup can be used for treatment, but most often multiple cups are used. And the length of the recommended treatment ranges from five to 15 minutes. Um, in wet cupping, suction is again created in the cup for three to five minutes. The cup is then removed and a scalpel is used to make small incisions superficially in the skin. Suction is then reapplied to draw out the blood. After treatment, antibiotic ointment is often used to prevent infection. So basically both techniques create a residual circular area of discoloration or bruising, but it often goes away within a couple of days and the treatments are usually not painful. Overall, cupping has been used to improve blood flow, reduce swelling, reduce pain, and to treat scar tissue and connective tissue. Uh, today, it's mainly recommended for the treatment of pain, gastrointestinal disorders, lung diseases, especially chronic cough and asthma, and paralysis. Uh, we'll mention more contraindications later on, but contraindications include areas of skin that are inflamed, cases of high fever, convulsions or cramping, or easy bleeding on the abdominal area or lower during pregnancy. And movement on the cups is limited, limited to fleshy areas, such as, so the movement should not cross bony ridges like the spine. So now we're going to go and discuss a little bit of the evidence uh, behind cupping therapy. Uh, first, we're going to discuss an article by uh, Albeda Yael, published in 2019, called the, Effect, uh, the Medical Perspectives of Cupping Therapy, Effects and Mechanisms of Action in Journal, Traditional, and Complementary Medicine. This is a level 2A of uh, using Sackett's evidence. So it's a systematic review of cohort studies. And the purpose of this study was to identify and discuss the possible cupping therapy mechanisms of action and to provide the possible explanations of the multiple effects of cupping therapy. They reviewed 64 articles and the results were that neural, neural hematological and immunological effects may be considered as mechanisms of action for cupping. Uh, cupping therapy outcomes in certain medical conditions, particularly it appears to be effective for various medical conditions such as herpes zoster, associated pain and acne, facial paralysis, cervical spondylosis. It can be used for lowering blood pressure. They also found evidence for wet cupping being effective in musculoskeletal pain, nonspecific low back pain, neck pain, fibromyalgia, and other painful conditions. Uh, they found some evidence that supports that it could be effective for alleviating pain and other symptoms associated with carpal tunnel syndrome. It could be effective in headaches and migraine uh, control. 
could be effective for reducing low-density lipoprotein and as a result have preventative effects against atherosclerosis and CVDs, coronary vascular diseases. They also found some evidence for it significantly reducing the number of lymphocytes and increasing the number of neutrophils. Some possible theories that help explain some of these effects that we see include the pain gate theory, diffuse noxious inhibitory control theory, and the reflex zone theory, all particularly for the pain reduction effects. The nitric oxide theory can help to explain the anti-inflammatory and increased blood circulation effects. The activation of immune systems theory can help support the immunomodulation effects, as well as the blood, blood detoxification theory, which can help support the hematological adjustment effects that they found amongst the 64 articles that they reviewed. So as you mentioned, um, it's, been, it's been found to be effective for carpal tunnel syndrome. So an article published in 2018 by Mohammed et al. Um, basically investigated the effects of cupping therapy on patients with carpal tunnel syndrome. Um, they included 56 individuals aged from ages 18 to 60 years and of both genders. The participants were divided into two groups. So the test and control, regardless of the, of the severity of their carpal tunnel syndrome. In the control group, 28 patients were treated with routine physiotherapy. So that included transcutaneous electrical nerve stimulation and ultrasound. Whereas the test group, the other 28 patients were treated with routine physiotherapy and cupping therapy. So basically, the tool they used for cupping included four parts, um, a manual pump for negative pressure, a transparent plastic cup of three centimeters of diameter, silicone interface to allow the matching of the cup with the wrist, and a calibrated pressure gauge to determine the air pressure using the system. And the treatment was performed for 10 sessions, and all the variables were reassessed for both groups after the 10 sessions of intervention. Their outcome measures included um, the Boston questionnaire, which measures the severity of symptoms and their functional status, and the distal latency was evaluated through electromyography. So basically, the results showed that there was significant improvement in both symptom severity and also a significant decrease in distal, distal sensory latency of the test group as compared with the control group. So overall, um, the incorporation of cupping therapy in a routine physical therapy program can reduce the severity of symptoms and improve the distal sensory disturbance of the median nerve. So it's suggested that cupping can be used as a complementary therapy in the treatment of carpal tunnel syndrome as a convenient cost method. Additionally, to the carpal to it being used for carpal tunnel syndrome, there was another article published this year in the International Journal of Surgery Open, um, kind of discussing it in terms of wet cupping and re it relieving headaches, chest pain, muscle aches in patients diagnosed with hyperlipidemia, diabetes, and high blood pressure. The level of evidence for this article is a 2B using the Sackett's level of evidence. And for this study, there were 100 participants separated into 50 males and 50 females. Uh, they designated some skin acupoints on the shoulders and at both sides of the spine, and then using sterilized surgical blades, um, at using predetermined depths, the patients were nicked to cause bleeding. Vacuums were created in the cups with a pump, and the cups were firmly placed at the acupoints, and blood was allowed to drain out for three to five times using multiple cups. Upon removal of the cups, the wounds were aseptically cleaned and covered with gauze and secured. As Kelly mentioned before, infection is one of the outcomes or possible adverse effects uh, to cupping. 
So this is why they, they uh, use the sterilizing technique after the wet cupping. And their outcome measures were separated into separate character categories. So for pathological uh, outcomes, they measured total cholesterol, triglyceride levels, um, low density lipoprotein levels, LDLs, fast blo fasting blood glucose, blood pressure. And in terms of hematological outcomes, they measured white blood cells, red blood cells, uh, hemoglobin, PCV, and PLC, as well as urea, creatinine, and ferritin for their biochemical levels. What they found is that there was no significant difference in the levels of hematological parameters. That includes the white blood cell, red blood cell count, and hemoglobin in the patient's pre and post cupping. But they did find that the total blood cholesterol, triglyceride levels, LDL, blood sugar, urea, and creatinine concentrations, along with blood pressure, were significantly lower in both the male and female patients, all the way up to 72 hours post-cupping compared to the pre-cupping. Uh, patients also reported verbally significantly reductions of their headache, chest pain, and muscle aches. So this study supports that one, wet cupping is not detrimental to health, and two, that it may actually be beneficial as a prophylactic and or complementary um, treatment for the treatment of hyperlipidemia, hyperglycemia, and hypertension, as well as the prevention and control of diabetes mellitus, kidney disease, and consequently effective to alleviate the headaches, chest pain, and muscle aches associated with these diagnoses. So the next article that we're going to be uh, reviewing is kind of to talk about the indications and contraindications of it. And so this article basically um, highlighted the indications and the contraindications, as Sylvia said. And overall, some of the indications included for health promotion, preventative, um, therapeutic purposes, I'm sure some benefits in the treatment of low back pain, neck and shoulder pain, headaches, migraines, knee pain, facial paralysis, brachialgia, carpal tunnel syndrome, hypertension, diabetes, rheumatoid arthritis, and asthma. The contraindications included um, open wounds, bone, fra bone fractures, and sites of deep vein thrombosis. Absolute contraindications um, are for cancer patients with any organ failure, patients using a pacemaker, and those suffering from hemophilia or similar conditions. Some relative contraindications include acute infection, um, using anticoagulants, severe chronic disease such as heart diseases, pregnancy, um, anemia, if there has been a recent wet cupping session, recent blood donation, medical emergencies, and patient refusal of the procedure. And um, cupping is usually, could, could lead to some adverse effects, but it's usually relatively safe, but it could lead to scar formation burns um, headaches, dizziness, tiredness, muscle tension, anemia, nausea, um, small hematoma or pain at the cupping site, skin infections, insomnia, hyperpigmentation, and um, vasovagal attacks. So based on the evidence that we discussed and that we read, together we feel like there is a lack of level one evidence to completely say that this particular treatment is good or bad for any kind of diagnosis. However, uh, some randomized control studies, cohort studies for both the dry and wet cupping uh, therapy techniques demonstrated results that are either better or the same 
as routine physical therapy or in conjunction with routine physical therapy um, compared to the control uh, groups. So as clinicians, we both think that it, we should be cautious to not perform this technique on patients with absolute contraindications as reported in the literature. And as Kelly mentioned, this really includes patients, um, cancer patients with any organ failure, and that could be renal failure, hepatic failure, heart failure, patients using pacemakers and those suffering from hemophilia or similar conditions, and also being cautious on doing this with patients with the relative contraindications that Kelly mentioned earlier as well. Um, but overall, it seems like there is an indication for it in some particular populations that we mentioned, but we definitely need more research to make conclusive uh, decisions on who this patient needs to who, which patients could benefit from um, this cupping therapy technique. 